This is The Mooncast Today I really want to talk about NFT books and this is a Web3 platform that allows anybody to trade books peer-to-peer and they also have a, a bunch of different options so i just really want to get into it and dissect this project because i think it's very revolutionary in what they're doing and i remember a few, few years back when i started discovering nfts and what they are and i started looking into the use cases and the potential implementations that could be leveraged you know in different business models and so it's crazy to see that some of the ideas that i had a few years ago are starting to become a reality now like you see now with the nft books so we'll just jump right into it right now real quick right now i'm on the nftbooks.info which is well, their website right so it, it says uh nft books is a project about nft for ebooks books magazines articles literature and poems right nft books is a revolutionary way um, to read books our groundbreaking project leverages the power of nfts to bring affordable and accessible ebooks magazines articles literatures and poetry to readers around the world with the nft bs you can unlock a whole new world of literature and art that's just waiting to be discovered right so you can join us in this exciting journey by transferring the world of book reading right so when you scroll down on their website you can see the cheaper to cheapest the the fair uh shared to everyone and it's kind of explaining basically the entire landscape of uh, their value proposition and why it's different from you know a traditional web 2 project like like amazon you know who takes 30 percent people don't know that that amazon takes 30 percent of the revenue share from creators you know from authors and i don't like that at all and i think that they're getting a little bit too cocky and a, a bit greedy you know in that regard and i like more of these again decentralized shared economy type of models right and so when you're scrolling down and you're looking at um they give you different uh, outlets that you can use to earn and participate in the network right you can be an author right and if you're an author, a copywriter, holder, or a journalist, you can publish your work on the NFT book system and become an author, right? So that's a, that's a uh, level of um, category that you can explore, right? So when you're looking at the translator portion, right? Uh, so you can um, become a translator, a reader, uh, a leaser, right? And an investor too as well. And you can see here the uh, the token distribution that they, that they had right so um they have a large liquidity pool that they're going to leverage for uh marketing and then they also have the they have 20 percent for marketing um 55 for the liquidity pool for the rewards that you get for you know the read to earn model that they have implemented they just recently moved over from uh, binance smart chain to polygon which i think is a really good move because i think binance smart chain is way too centralized and I'm not sure about how they will hold up long term due to regulation because they're not fully decentralized and uh, they don't have that full capability to just kind of you, there's there's a someone that you can attack. Right. I mean, it's similar to the same as kind of with Polygon, but Polygon, I believe, is a little bit more decentralized than Binance. But anyways, moving on, you can see the uh, token supply that they have and they also have a burn wallet too as well so for every transaction they're burning a percentage of the transaction so it's deflationary over time and when you scroll down here on the website you can see that they have strategic partners right and so when you're looking at it you know you see coin market cap you see certic so they are certic audit audited right which is one of the top auditing firms in crypto right so that's legit then um, you see uh, AWS and a few others too as well, Book Hunter and so on and so forth, right? And then you can contact them too as well. And yeah, so that's basically it for their info website, right? But then when you go over to their apps, right? So let's just go over, let's look and we can see um, 
here on their app, this is, says here the, the, the vision of NFT books, right? So it says NFT books was founded with the vision of becoming a leader in the industry of publishing books. The platform addresses persistent difficulties such as copywriting and pricing. The books are directly delivered to users without a third party intermediary. And NFT books wants everyone to have the access to to read any content available in the world, as well as protecting supporting authors to increase their income to secure their life. The NFT books team is taking that as a criterion to protect or to perfect the product day by day, right? And so when you're scrolling down on the website, um, this is apps.nftbooks.info. You can see here that you can publish a book on their platform and then um, basically have it have a certain amount of mints and you can designate a certain time for those mints to be bought by the community, right? And um, basically what I did, because I actually became one of the first 100 authors, top 100 authors to mint their book as an NFT on the Polygon blockchain, right? Which is revolutionary, guys. This is amazing. And as we continue to bend the shape of reality and change the way things are done, right? In a more decentralized, more inclusive, more transparent environment, this has been a dream of mine to be able to do something like this. And I think with the evolution of NFTs, we're gonna see uh, possibility capabilities for us to be able to one day put podcasts on as NFTs and movies and TV shows exclusively as NFTs. And that way, the the people won't be able to pirate movies and, and you know and there won't be copyright infringement and stuff like this will go away because when you encrypt things and mint them on chain they're trackable and you can leverage the the capability of the smart contract to implement royalties so every time that thing moves you're able to be paid and you don't longer have to worry it about tracking and, and tracing your intellectual property across the web which is damn near impossible so this is a really good in-house solution to help creators in general you know not just nfts when you're just looking at it from a broad perspective right you can even see there's so many examples with where nfts can be leveraged if you're looking at it from a, a longer term perspective there should there'll be eventual implementations for let's say for instance for youtube right say you you're you're grossing a hundred thousand dollars in revenue from google adsense and maybe other things every single year from youtube you can then issue out let's say 1000 nfts and those people who hold nfts get 10 percent in totality of the revenue that you're making right now why would you do that type of thing well you would do that because now your your success is their success and their success is your success because basically they are incentivized to like and share your content right because the more uh, value that you extract the more profits you make the more profits that they make right in this sort of shared responsibility of the network or in this case of the channel type of model and it's also better to issue it as an nft too because now you're you're issuing out a form of ownership digital ownership that anyone can participate around the world in so now you're you're expanding your business model from let's say kyc only like people let's say that's only in the us or only in australia or only people with a digital with a, with an id to globally so anyone can participate anyone can buy and hold it and you just need to connect your wallet buy the nft and so people who are, for instance, sanctioned right now, who don't have the capabilities or the access to global markets, if you're looking at like a Russia or you're looking at a, you know, Palestine or Iran or these type of areas where it's harder for them to get access to global liquidity. Well, this is a way to um, bypass that. Right. So you can bypass that leveraging the NFT. But back to NFT books, as you can see, you can publish the NFT right and then you can trade uh, nft books too as well and like i said i'll just walk you guys through how i did it with the publishing right so when you click publishing here well um basically it's going to ask you to connect your wallet right so you need to download a, a metamask wallet right um which is evm compatible which is e ethereum virtual machine right so any ethereum virtual machine um compatibility tools you know or or smart contract protocols right if you're looking at like a polygon or like a uh, avax or a moonbeam 
and so on and so forth. Binance Smart Chain too, as well as EVM compatible, right? So um, MetaMask is basically the EVM agnostic uh, universal wallet that everyone uses for EVM chains, Ethereum, Polygon, which is layer two scaling solution on top of Ethereum, right? So you download the MetaMask wallet from their official site. And once you do that, then it will give you, you know, uh, generate a seed phrase, seed phrases for you. You keep those seed phrases. If you lose those seed phrases, you lose your crypto, right? And um, once you've once you've finished that step, then you're 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 all set. Basically, you, if you download it on the web browser, of course, right? So you have it on the web browser. You go ahead, you click publishing, you connect your wallet, and you go through all the steps. They do have um, a form of uh, KYC, um, but it kind of makes sense. Because of the type of model that they have here um hopefully that moving forward they'll make things more decentralized as, as things progress but yeah um you go ahead and then you 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 upload your book cover once you upload your book cover then after that it'll ask you to up, upload your book you can do it in the form of uh docs x or you can do it in the form of pdf and once you have that downloaded then um, they go ahead and check in and verify it. You know, the process will become more and more decentralized over time, I'm assuming, right? But this is how it works currently. And then once it's minted, uh, well, then it'll take you to, once you're verified, it'll take you to the process of basically being able to, you add all the description elements, right? The, the page of uh, how many pages your book is, what's your book about, what's your book called, the subtitle of your book, all the different pertinent data. And then after that, you get to put a launch duration of the mints that you choose. So minting, meaning um, being able to encrypt your book on chain. And so once you mint or say, like, say, for instance, you want 1000 mints, that means 1000 copies of your NFT uh, book, right? Um, that's what I did. Then you have a duration of time in which people can access the book and buy it, right? And then you can relaunch the mints if not all of them are sold within that time frame or that time duration. And um, yeah, so you submit it. And right now the 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 chain Polygon chain seems to be a little bit congested, so people have to a little bit pay a little bit extra for gas. It's not so much. I think it's like one dollar or something like that. But anyways, once it's minted then that's basically the entire process of how that works. And um, yeah, so if you see here on their website, you can see all the pertinent data that they have here. You see here that they they have a partnership, you know, with ISL publications, right? Um, you can see all the different articles that they've laid out. And um, yeah, so, you, and also you can, you have to, that's another thing I didn't mention to buy the NFT, you need to buy the actual tokens that they have, right? So they're NFTBS, that's the ticker symbol for NFT books, right? You need to buy this on QuickSwap, which is a Polygon DEX, right? And how you, you access this is, if you're very new to crypto, you would have to go ahead and download a, a Web2 centralized exchange, right? And you need to buy Polygonmatic, move it into your self-custodial wallet, right? Um, like a MetaMask and you move the Polygon tokens or the Matic tokens onto your MetaMask and then you would need to swap um, on QuickSwap um, from from Matic to NFTBS, right? And that's basically how that process would go. And once you have enough tokens for gas fees and to be able to buy books and stuff like that, then you're all set. So you just um, swap your fiat into Polygon Matic on like, let's say like a Coinbase or a Kraken, a, a KuCoin, a Gate.io, a Binance, you know, so you, you download one of these. And um, once you do that, then you you um, take the Matic tokens and you transfer those into your custodial wallet, which is MetaMask. You then swap the tokens on QuickSwap on the decentralized exchange into NFTBS tokens. And then once you have those tokens, you're able to leverage those tokens to for gas fees and to be able to mint your book or to to buy and trade uh, um, books as well. So when you when you go like I guess like here to trade in, you see the different categories that they have too as well. So they have business economics, they have arts and photography, crafts, hobbies, home, education, studies and teachings. They have all different types of categories here, as you can see. And you can see also that the the top amount of books sold. And yeah, you, you have all the the, the the books here and you can just scroll and check those out. 
and yeah that's that's um basically it for the to be able to trade you can also borrow books too as well so um this feature i think is, is quite interesting and uh yeah so same thing you know different categories you can you can people who buy the book can lease them out to other people to borrow for a certain amount of time via smart contract so that's very very interesting too and going back home when you're looking at the yeah so the bar of the trade and then the, yeah so i covered all three and so moving forward you can also see the github right they also have they're also listed on github and um yeah so um for devs and stuff like that um that's um more technical you know most uh consumers don't care about this type of stuff so when you're going and scrolling and looking at their their white paper right so we can dissect the white paper a bit right to just get the entire totality of the landscape of the project and uh basically um everything that they that they plan to do the value proposition of everything they plan to do for this project so um yeah so i'll just read you a little bit of the intro it says this project was born to make a profit but it is the profit of the author readers and investors and to enable authors to sell as many books as they uh, are currently and still have passive income over time as long as there are people reading the book the author will still make a profit right the intention is to help readers to read a book at a fraction of the cost without having to spend time searching for pirated books in turn helping investors both gain profits and contribute to society right um and yeah they make a they make a bunch of great points here um i'm not gonna read everything but there is a, a lot of um, important information like you see here the history of the modern newspaper publishing started in germany in 1609 with publishing of magazines following in 1663 the book publishing industry took 400 years to evolve in the market it is today with the market size of 26.4 billion in the u.s right this slow growth as well as the slow decline in recent years lead to the question of whether the sector has become saturated or not will the market accept new authors while revenues decline or suffocate fledging um, um authors as soon as uh, they're born right and so yeah so scrolling down we see basically like they start talking about a little bit about the breaking down difference in opportunity cost for spending 20 bucks uh, at a family for to watch 100 movies um versus spending 20 bucks to buy a few books and um yeah so i won't get too much into that when we look into their ecosystem though right and this is what we want to really break down so um when you look at it it says the each author becomes his or own publisher this can reduce a lot of costs when enabling authors to reach reach users right publication is completely free to the author but of course well it's free minus the gas fees from the polygon network right um and also a little bit of the minting fees that you pay um to nftbs but yeah so but of course the published books will be selected by the community since the project is built on crypto it will be decentralized right and no individual can negatively influence the publication of a book the author becomes our first audience. This audience is entitled to book publishing commissions on transactions from to, or they have a little bit of type of year, but, uh, transactions to the books they publish, right? This audience is entitled to book pub publishing and commissions on transactions related to the books they publish, right? And then you have Lisa, right? And so the leaser, uh, the second audience is the, the leaser, right? And so, um, this person buys books from authors right as i previously stated right and they make a profit by leasing out the book rights they own or reselling their books to others right and so yeah that's basically how they they make their money and so this is another interesting way in another form of um way for people to earn right in these like advanced read to earn type models in this uh shared economy ecosystem right and when you're going to the reader and borrower section right so it says this is the audience that receives the largest macro value from the project the bigger the nft books becomes the more readers can borrow books at an increasingly cheaper prices right because of the level of competition right so if you have more leasers right you have more people that are leasing out their 
book that they bought, well, then the pricing will become competitive and it will decrease the value over the course of time as more people buy the books and start borrowing and leasing them out, which like they said, in turn makes it cheaper in terms of prices and, and more competitive pricing, right? Than, than Amazon, for instance, right? And so um, it says uh, an increase in the number of readers means an increase in the author's um, profits because the more people read their books, the more commission they earn exactly through the royalties, right? Via the smart contract. And so investor, holder, and trader. So this is another avenue you can take too as well. These are the people who want to support the project, whether they join the project for the purpose of supporting the community or investing their own for their own benefit they are worthy of respect all other audiences belong to this audience people can use tokens to rent books buy books or publish books right and so it's the person that's that's holding and um holders if i'm not mistaken they receive uh, around two percent from each transaction that's made um, on the platform right from peer to peer and this sort of redistribution type of model right and also there's a percentage of that that gets burned from each transaction as well. So there all there will be less and less uh, tokens over time in this token tokenized economy, meaning that if the supply is decreasing in this deflationary type of burn mechanism model, then over the course of time, the idea is that more people that, that join the platform will uh, inevitably help to increase the price of the platform or, or of, the, uh, of the token, right? Because there's more people joining there's more transactions being done on the network there's more tokens being burned which means out of circulation completely and over time there should be price appreciation right and that's the idea so um it says obviously there are many benefits to using the token in our ecosystem this will help reduce the supply as more and more people need to buy nft books tokens right exactly so another avenue you can take is become a translator right so if it is said that nft books is the bomb that damages the pirated book market translator is the fear that helps the nft books bomb to completely destroy this market they make uh books and authors authors accessible to anyone in any language and in any region right so that's the idea of becoming a translator right they need to register with the author on the system to be able to publish the translation right there will be no need to worry about the quality of the translation because the community of readers will help you evaluate that right so if the translation quality is poor people will notice right and so in this sort of share responsibility to network type of model and the the people will decide and maybe have some kind of voting mechanism via the, all the token holders to see what's quality what's not quality and obviously also too they have reviews on the on the website too as well that you can check and see what what books are also quality what books are not quality and it says here too the translator makes the same profit as the author right but the value they get is determined by the author because the author is the heart of the book the translator is the one who brings that heart love to everyone in the world author set the, the commission to decide from the beginning what level of commission the translator will receive this value can only be set when the contract between them is made helping to stabilize fairness and clear understanding right and so basically that relationship will be built within the translator and the author so it's cool so a lot of people will basically have potential these would be potential side hustles for people right or if the network grows like to how they plan it to where you know you're you're having a valuation that's you know half a billion a billion and so on and so forth as more value accrues within the network well the the people will be incentivized to join to be able to have some of the profits from this shared economy type of model right and yeah so moving forward to talk a little bit about the purpose um so it says we the we um, so it says our aim for this project is to um, yeah this is this doesn't really make any sense so um, it says that okay so let's scroll down here so it says true to blockchain's decentralization ethos everyone is equal there will be there will come a time when there is no longer a capacity to develop the project 
or for the project to become too large, the project will be taken over by genius engineers with interest in the community with the sole purpose of creating a library of books that the poorest, the most destitute people can still read at any time as long as they continue to seek knowledge, knowledge will be waiting for them, right? And so that's the idea. And so hopefully they're able to get and achieve this goal. And um, they do have a roadmap too as well. Let me let me go back here to their to their website before we continue with the white paper because I, I did want to take a look at their roadmap and and see um, the development, right? So they, they did have targets. Some of them they didn't weren't able to achieve. They did get the certic certic audit. Um, they they targeted fifty thousand holders. I'm not sure if they have that many. If you look, I think that on chain. It, it on chain it says that they have. Let me refresh this. Let's just see. Let's have a look on chain what it's saying. So yeah. So on chain they didn't achieve the goal of the amount of holders that they wanted because they, on chain it says they have six thousand two hundred thirty one addresses. So we'll, we'll get back to on chain because I'll, I'll help you guys a little bit read and understand a little bit of how to understand the the chain analysis right um to make a better more educated decision when investing in projects and so on right so when you're looking at the the white paper right so back to the white paper so it says uh yeah so this was launched on the binance smart chain in june 2021 but um as i don't know if i previously stated already but they did migrate in february to polygon right so the max supply is 100 quadrillion but i think if you look on chain i think it's changed right so let's see yeah um i think it's 100 trillion now right so they did change the the, the token supply it, it was different before but yeah they modified it a little bit right yeah so they completed the security audit um it will be the default so nft bs token will be the default used currency for for to create claim buy and sell nft bs and the source code has been audited by third party firm to give our holders confidence right and yeah so they talk a little bit about buying a smart chain the low transaction fees but anyways they switched over to polygon which also has low transaction fees for the most part right um yeah and then you can just check and see their their roadmap here it is so this is the roadmap from the white paper and it shows all the different steps they're at let's just scroll a little bit i don't want to read and get too much into all of this this is quite a lot of things but i want to see okay so it only goes to 2022 so we can look a little bit at the 2022 we'll see where they're at so they do they did want to have up to 1 million holders which they weren't able to achieve yet 50,000 telegram members they don't have they have i think around like 13k when i when i checked them, my member in the telegram group and they wanted to be in multiple centralized exchange listings. I think they they are only on this on a decentralized exchange. I think only quick swap from what I saw on Coin Market Cap. We can have a look again and see. But yeah, it says only quick swap here. But yeah, so this is basically the roadmap, right? So when you're looking at it, you see. All the different things they're trying to implement right they added a mechanism to deduct percent rewards for authors translators when someone borrows a book build a voting system to evaluate book quality right i'm not sure if this has been already done and building a voting system to evaluate the quality of translations building a system against frauds so this is, this is probably going to be a dow right this is what i'm how I'm di dissecting this. This is more than likely they're gonna issue, uh, turn the protocol into a DAO or have some sort of DAO model, right? Decentralized Autonomous Organization, right? And so the marketing campaigns are still conducted in parallel through the project construction period, right? And then here you can see how you can contact them, you see the, the website they have, you can check the Twitter, and then also as well, you can check their Telegram. And yeah, so here's also their email too as well. That you can contact them and yeah that's pretty much the white paper to break it down for you guys but yeah i'm super stoked for this project man i think they have a lot of potential because they're actually offering real world use case right because there's a lot of authors that don't want to pay 30 percent. then you also got to look at authors who can't even get access to amazon right to have access to that audience and um because of kyc or whatever right and so 
it would it makes things a lot better when you can come up with a model that has less friction where people can easily mint their book on chain and be able to sell it to a global audience right instead of restricting that audience to only who a web2 project uh, at the top of that organizational hierarchy says and says who and who cannot participate in their platform right so it's a different it's a different type of model and so when you go to coin market cap right let's break down anti books coin market cap right so as you see the the polygon contract contract addresses here right as they've already migrated and you see they have the certic audit too as well and you see the market cap is very tiny guys it's like seven million which is which is absolutely crazy right so if this thing were to to do a 100x it wouldn't even be a billion dollars in market uh, valuation right and at the peak of the bull run in the top 100 coins I want to say one top 150 coins at the peak of the bull run something like that were a billion and plus in terms of market cap valuation right market capitalization right and so seven million is really really tiny and um so it has a lot of room for the upside there's not a lot of trading volume because there's not they're not they need to diversify the exchanges that you can trade this token for right now you can only get it on quick swap and so once they start to uh, diversify the uh, sort of uh, the exchanges that you know provide liquidity so that people can trade i think that the volume would pick up right so when you're looking at the overview so we can go look at the overview we can check the charts they've been around since i think 2021 right so when we're checking the charts and we're looking and seeing the charts right you see this thing started exploding as of recent right i don't know how accurate this chart is maybe i might need to look on CoinGecko, but yeah you guys get the idea it's still very tiny market cap is the point right so um yeah this is basically everything that you need to know um this looks like the information here hasn't been up to date yet you know some of this stuff isn't as accurate as you would like to see but yeah so once this gets updated you know i can give a little bit more details maybe on a follow-up podcast or something like that but anyways um let's move on and we can go to the team right so this is what i wanted to get to right so they are doxxed right you can see the co-founder ceo um he actually liked my my linkedin post right so i did make a linkedin post about the the project um maybe i'll read it to you guys a, a bit later but the point is and the idea is that they're completely doxxed right guys so they're not hiding from anyone right um they're completely out open in the public you can check out their linkedin profiles i've seen their i've checked out chow wins linkedin profile um vikram sony i actually talked to him he actually helped me with the minting process too as well very very nice guy um very good admin um yeah so the guys on on the team are very 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 nice the entire community is very very helpful and I really have, I see this project having a lot of potential in the future, but yeah, you guys, you can see this is completely open knowledge. So just things to think about when you're dissecting the project. And I will say in terms of competition, there is one other project that I know of that's doing an NFT books platform and it's on Cardano. It's called book.io, right? And they haven't released anything of significance in regards for indie authors, right? They do have stuff where you can buy and, and sell books that they're choosing, but it's not open yet to where anyone can just go and mint their book. It's not as open as this, and they don't have the indie author section yet laid out, right? So I'm still waiting for that. You know, I might do some some diversification, right? I want to get it to as many distributors as possible. But this is quite interesting. So guys, I just really want to quickly read what my LinkedIn post said, right? Because I'm, um, I hope maybe it gives you guys a little bit of motivation, right? So I said, today I did the unthinkable and launched my book as an NFT. 
I'm one of the first 100 authors to do it on the Polygon blockchain. This is a monumental moment in history as we continue to push for more decentralized models that take power away from big tech oligopolies and redistribute the power back into more fair, inclusive, transparent, and decentralized models. I want to thank NFT Books for helping me get this done as we continue to bend the shape of reality as pioneers. I'll be dropping my latest podcast, which is what I'm doing right now, on NFT Books on Monday, right? <laughs> which is what I'm literally doing right now. So people have asked me what my book is about. So here's a brief summary, right? So it's a book about different societal constructs, i.e. technology, love, beauty, death, misogyny, misandry, school, war, and etc. I try to attack constructs from different angles and viewpoints people may not be looking at from my perspective and the perspective of others. Each construct is written in a creative way. One construct might be in a poem format. The next may be in a script. The next may be a list, but it's to provoke thought. I don't, I don't like calling it a book, but a reflective piece of provocative art. Books, air quotations, are written all the same in the same format. Why? Who designed that construct? I want, to, I want to challenge it and push the agenda. Maybe I'll inspire somebody to take, to take it to an even greater level. We shouldn't be put in a box. I named it, hey bro, I'm just trolling because I wanted to let the reader think for themselves what is a troll and is the author, or in this case, Art Thor, right? <laughs> I call myself an Art Thor. Uh, is he trolling, right? Is he serious? Are we all just trolls? What is the meaning of trolling in this new digital age? But yeah, it, it was inspired by the death of Kobe Bryant. That that guy changed my life. He inspired the last chapter of death, which was actually the first construct I actually wrote when I started. That one was the hardest one to write because it was very deep and I wrote a construct on what it means to be a father. Those two made people feel a lot. And it was intended. But yeah, to sum it all up, I want to touch as many people as I can and provoke thought in an artistic fashion. That's why I don't consider myself an author, but an author. Hope this helps. And if any creators are tired of giving Amazon 30%, just know that we have options and we can vote with our resources and allocating them elsewhere. Right? So yeah, that was my, my LinkedIn post, guys. I, I hope you guys got some value out of that, right? It's very, very powerful stuff, what we're doing here and what we're trying to build, you know? Um, people build things, then the, the, the people decide if it's valuable and start using those things, you gain the users, and then that's how things explode, that's how things grow. So we can vote again, we can allocate those resources to things that we, value more you know and, and we don't need to get robbed by these centralized web 2 companies that don't you know they only they only care about their bottom line i mean every every project technically cares about their bottom line but if you, at least you do it in a more decentralized fashion people have more sovereignty over their 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 data more sovereignty over their intellectual property and they they have more more of a say within the community you know and this is what i like about decentralization and tokenization type of models right it's just a lot different um but yeah when you look at the the polygon scan right so i'll just give you guys a, br a brief rundown kind of how to read the the polygon scan right so when you're looking at it you can see here it says the fully diluted market cap is around 9 million, right? Uh, 9.3 million, right? And then you see here the total supply is 100 trillion, right? So it's not quadrillion. Um, and you always look on chain because it's to verify everything because it makes more sense, right? You see the amount of token holders, 6,231, right? And you look on the right side, you can see the contract address, right? So this is the official contract address. Anything else is a scam, right? And then you see the have the official website here and all the little socials here that you can see all here, right? All public knowledge that you can have a look at to verify, right? And that's poly, polygonscan.com where you basically can get the contract, you get the contract here, right? From 
Coin Market Cap. All right, so we see the copy address, and then when you go to PolygonScan.io, you simply just implement the, the, the token address here, and then it will pop this up, right? And then you can look and see amount of holders. You can have a look at the percentages, right? So this is the the liquidity pool, right? And this is the the, the burn wallet, right? You can see it says null. Yeah, so this this address can't be ac accessed, right? So once these tokens go here, they're burned completely and can't be as accessed, right? And you see here the value that's already been burned is around uh, 2.2 million, right? Already of tokens that have been burned. Um, that you see the NFT books deployer um, address here. And then, yeah, these look like, um, looks like a dev wallet here. Um, and then the rest is just community, right? And so, yeah, um, you can see all the top token holders. You can get a little bit of info as well, right? You can see the, the, the transfers that are happening on chain. So I'll just show you guys a little bit that um, you see the transaction hash, which is the, the ID that's tagged to the, uh, the blockchain, right? And then you see here um, from this address to this address, four minutes ago, this quantity went to this address, right? To the to the two address. And you can see the claim. And yeah, so yeah, I don't want to get too too much into the, the breakdown, but it's kind of how you, you kind of read the chain. It's not too complex, guys. Um, but yeah, um, another thing too I wanted to talk about, right, is this article here where it's talking about our public libraries in decline, right? So I think this article is, is a little bit, it's quite interesting. So I just wanted to read a little bit of it. I don't want to get too, too much into it, but let's just, let's just go and it says, um, there's a little question that public libraries today are a vital institution, a point being driven home in a crucial fashion as libraries around the country are forced to close, right? This is in the U, this is in the UK, right? So in the Freckle Report 2020, Tim Coates offers a, sub, a sub, sobering data-driven view of the state of public libraries in the US and the UK, right? So if you see here, uh, the Gallup the Gallup poll reports that representatives said they visit public libraries 10.5 times a year, but IMLS, Institution of Museum and Library Services data, which comes directly from every US library reports that in the US people visit libraries about 4.1 times a year. And in the IMLS data published in July 2019, which is entirely consistent internally and from year to year shows a steady decline in physical library visits of about 3% each year for the past seven years. Discrepancies between the Gallup poll and IMLS uh, data needs to be explained. It is, it is too big not to matter. They can't both be right. Yeah, so there's a little bit of, you know, I just wanted to to sort of bring to light. This is what I think, right? So I think that because when I when I when I go into the U.S. and I, and I see certain libraries that used to exist not exist anymore, and when I start looking at the landscape of you know physical copies of books declining as ebooks becomes more and more prevalent as we move forward, and also just digital consumption overall. If you look at YouTube, you look at you know podcasting the, those industries. If, if you're looking at, um, you know, um, audiobooks and stuff, you know, I, I think that this is where we're headed because of the, the lack of time that people have and the attention spans getting so, so smaller and smaller in reduction. I think that we're entering a space where, you know, libraries physically are going to be phased out. Also, when you have access to all the information on your phone, you know, by just Googling whatever you need to Google, it doesn't really make sense to actually walk or take time to go somewhere to library to sit down to read something. Um, when you can also flip it into an um, maybe a lot of times an audiobook, right? Now we have AI software where we'll maybe be able to package um, entire books and just move them into audio um, completely, even if they're not already having official audio, you could do it yourself if it's an ebook. So yeah, it's just something to keep in mind, but this is kind of how I'm looking at it, you know, how I'm looking at things. Uh, from a long-term perspective, I think in the next 20 years or so, physical libraries will be phased out completely. I could be wrong, but this is just my assumption, right? 
So when you're looking here, there's another thing I wanted to showcase to you guys, right? So it says here, um, this article says, um, the institution of the Institute for Museum and Library Services, right? So the IMLS again, Public Library Survey, the PLS data finds that over the past decade, there has been non-trivial decline in visits per capita to libraries nationwide. This is in the US. The PLS data showed that in 2009, Americans visited a library 5.4 times per year on average, right? A decade later in 2019, attendance dropped to 3.9 visits per year at a 28% decline. And I think that number is even worse now because um, the, the, you know, the pandemic and everything that we had, I think it's, it's, it's gotta be, we're probably looking at, you know, somewhere in the, the three, instead of 3.9, maybe the two point, maybe 2.9 visits per year. Um, you know, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Right. And it just makes sense. Right. You know, if you really think about it, how many people actually, you know, read physical copies of books regularly? There are people that do it, but I'm finding more and more prevalent that people are consuming, you know, stuff more digitally and doing digital consumption, right? Kindle's big, you know, and you have, again, Spotify with the podcast. And, you know, soon uh, potentially you, you'll be able to, to showcase audiobooks. And then you're looking at YouTube, you know, it's a very good educational platform too as well, but this is all video, you know? And um, obviously you have more short form content too as well. It's becoming more pre prevalent and you're looking at like a TikTok or like an Instagram and people try to package huge data sets and, and chip them up into little small shorts. I don't really like this type of consumption because you're not getting the full landscape of the entire inf informative data set that someone is trying to present. But it is something that is, is very, very interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just see, it just makes sense to not have the, the sell the physical copy and put it all digitally because again, it can be tracked and traced and you can, you can again, encrypt it in on chain, you can mint it on chain and have the royalty feature added to it. So you're credited and, um, don't have to worry about chasing down and tracking down people who are, you know, selling your book. Um, to secondary markets without your knowledge, right? So this is how I kind of see it. I could be wrong again, but that's just kind of how I'm projecting it, right? Um, because of the landscape that we're at currently in society. But yeah, moving on. Um, I think that's everything that I wanted to cover. There is a, another thing to, too I wanted to read to you guys too as well. It's the Yahoo article of my book. I think I'll just close it by just reading the article that, that was uh, published. This was published on August 8th, 2022. In case you guys are interested in, in reading my book, um, I think it's very, very interesting. You know, I've kind of already broken it down to you guys a bit, um, um, but I'll just go ahead and read this article from Yahoo. So um, New York, New York News File Corp, Venosi Diake and, uh, and Arthur, right? Not an author, but an Arthur who blends the lines between art and literature has announced the forthcoming release of his provocative debut, right? So this is when I released my book, Hey Bro, I'm Just Trolling. And the book is part philosophy and part commentary. This book breaks convention in a revolutionary way to challenge the modern reader's beliefs, values, and perceptions, right? Um, so I'm super, super proud of this sort of reflective piece of a provocative art that I've put out into society to sort of challenge the, the perceptions and values and mindsets of others. But let's just continue in reading this article. It says, partially inspired by a tragic debt of Kobe Bryant, Hey Bro, I'm Just Trolling reconstructs the very idea of how a book can or should be written and consumed. Each section unfolds in a natural sequence, some told in a long form and others in a loose verse, all according to the Arthur's instincts right unlike traditional works hey bro i'm just trolling is an experience instead of purely a form of entertainment idiake shepherds the audience through each construct speaking of dreams death and the ever-present search for meaning right hey bro i'm just trolling will resonate with gen z and millennials alike many of the topics are timeless and universal prompting readers to consider questions such as 
What will it mean to be beautiful 20 years from now? There are no right or wrong answers since every person will have their own unique relationship with various constructs contained in this book. During an age of changing social structures and, and norms, the Arthur, like not author, but again, the Arthur, A-R-T-H-O-R, hopes to remind the world that tomorrow isn't promised. Ideals are meant to be shared and dreams must always be protected. This is the heart of Ahabram just trolling. I, Idiake hopes that this this work will help others feel something and view the world a bit differently from before. Yeah, so that's basically it. And um, yeah, so it also, the summing up the, the articles at the end just says like, Venus Idiake is an author, US war veteran and businessman with a passion for inspiring creative courage in those around him. He's extremely culturally diverse, having visited many countries throughout his lifetime. When he is in writing, Idiake runs a consulting firm called Moonboy Capital Ventures to teach people about blockchain technology. So you can visit um, me, of course, online at moonboycapitalventures.com. That's moonboycapitalventures.com. And you can also schedule a consultation with me. Um, and that's uh, you can write me an email and moonboycapitalventures at gmail.com. If you're looking for, you know, blockchain investment advice, you know, need help setting up a node miner, how to earn passive income, um, what my, my take on the landscape of the market, help to for portfolio structuring or portfolio reconstructing, um, help you educate you on how to download di different digital wallets, understanding GameFi, understanding the, you know, the, uh, the different trends that are happening, the market trends that are happening now in, in crypto, how to trade NFTs, any, anything you need, all things crypto, I can help, you know, um, just, just email me, send me a, a, uh, email and we can schedule a consultation and I can help you guys out. But yeah, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Mooncast, man. Hope it was informative and you've gotten some value out of it, man, and peace.